Hello, I'm Derek Doak, and you're listening to the Real Estate Investment Insights Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been serving the investment property industry, from preparing tax returns for property owners when I worked in public accounting, to creating multi-million dollar syndications as a commercial broker. Throughout my career, I've always had a passion for learning and teaching what I've learned to others. This podcast is for fellow brokers, agents, investors, and real estate syndicators wanting to learn from those that have done it. My goal is to bring value to you through the sharing of best practices and industry knowledge. Each episode is geared towards providing knowledge and insights on industry topics and trends. Please enjoy this episode, and if I can be of any assistance, please reach out to me at Derek at DokeMail.com. Now enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode within the Real Estate Investment Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Doak. And today with me, I have a great guest. Uh, He may not know this, but he was one of my mentors from afar getting into this podcasting. Um, Michael put together a great program early on in the early days of putting together education through media sources, and he owns the America's Commercial Real Estate Show, which is a great show for brokers and investors alike to get knowledge. Um, And I'm really happy to have Michael Bull on my show today, a fellow CCIM. Uh, Another reason to become a CCIM, if you're not, is you have a really good um, fraternal uh, get-together as it relates to fellow CCIMs helping each other out. I mean, that's part of what being a CCIM is all about, is the ability to go out and talk to each other and and, uh, learn from each other. So with me today is Michael Bull, and we're going to talk about the future as a commercial broker and how to succeed as a commercial broker. Uh, Not only does Michael have his real estate show, he's also a successful realtor in Atlanta, Georgia, Bull Realty, and he's also an annual speaker at the NRA conference as it relates to commercial brokers and being successful in the commercial brokerage field. So with all that, Michael, welcome to the show. Derek, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm on the opposite end of the coast, right? I'm over in Washington and you're over in Atlanta. So, uh, you know, we, we were able to bring the two two thought processes together. And and I know the brokers here are interested in knowing more about kind of just what you're seeing on that side of the country as it relates to the brokerage field. Um, and the first question that I want to kind of address and talk about is kind of like, what are you seeing as the current market conditions, you know, for brokerage and brokerage firms? in your area and those people that you talk to? Yeah, well, good question, Derek. And I think it, it depends on the, your area of expertise, right? What you're working in. And uh, uh, we have about 50 people in the different teams working in different areas for services. So the you know the office tenant reps we have in medical and regular office are, are very busy. Um, they are seeing some tenants uh, still thinking they should downsize or uh, occasionally not have office space, which I think will, will turn around uh, as the economy turns around. But uh, and the investment sales uh, brokers are are very busy. Uh, we are starting to see some changing in underwriting, of course, before the uh, higher rates. Uh, I think we've seen a few investors uh, take a little pause rather than buying or selling as the rates were jumping up pretty quick uh, this summer. Um, but we're still seeing uh, real good activity and and uh, really strong cap rates on values uh, and the properties that are moving. And I think as the market changes, 
you know, I've been doing this for 35 years and I've been through some pretty severe cycles. And, and what I found for brokers, at least, is that, you know, the business slows down when they slow down. So, you know, if, if they think, oh, no one's doing anything. Uh, well, guess what? You're, you're as a broker, you're probably stopping the contacts or slowing them down. And, and so adding to that slowness. So uh, I think if uh, if you're very busy as a broker uh, and, and if, if you have a pause in your markets uh, at the time, then that's the time to pick up the, the 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 phone, right? Do more dials, do more contacts, reach out to clients because we certainly add a lot of value as brokers, regardless you know, of the market conditions. Yeah, and 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 being able to be that advisor, right? More so than just a transaction person. I mean, that's one of the things I hear a lot more about um, from individuals is like, how do I set myself apart? Well, there's that industry expertise and going really deep in it and knowing your area of expertise and field and asset class. But how can you help those clients and prospects through these times? You know, not not to get uh, too scared of interest rate hikes. And but if it's a solid asset, you know, how do you keep them kind of calmed down? Um, so yeah, I, I I see that a lot. Um, when you think about the 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 industry and the clients now, I mean, there's deals that are kind of falling out because interest rates have kind of pushed the the uh, the returns in a direction that the buyers don't want to pick them up. Um, what's kind of the sentiment or what are you seeing from clients that you've worked with for years? I mean, are they, are they sitting tight? Are they looking, trying to find other markets to invest in? I mean, what's kind of been those types of conversations? I think it varies depending on and the client and, but uh, overall you were seeing buyers that are still active and they're just having to adjust their underwriting slightly. Maybe they're having to pay a cap rate that's 25 to 50 basis points higher, depending you know, on the asset, um, we're taking out some uh, office portfolios, and uh, they're remarkable uh, cap rates and, and acquisition opportunities. We're taking one out at a nine cap on existing income um, that is stable in place, and it has about twenty five percent vacancy in a very very good office market to lease up. So, I think uh, investors are going to be remain active. You know, they'll just have to adjust their uh, underwriting a bit for a higher cost of funds. Yeah. And, and and I think, you know, when you talk about nine caps, I mean, how many years ago was that? I mean, I, I guess I remember back in the late nineties and, you know, early two thousands when, and I do mainly retail when we were looking at, you know, eight and nine cap type, uh, type deals. I mean, my syndications back then I was paying, I think an eight to 9% preferred return. I mean, you know, now they're down in the fives. Um, so um, yeah. So it's interesting to see the, uh, the cap rates, uh, be affected by that. Um, yeah. And, we, and how, what kind of uh, tips are you giving your team or tips you've heard of, of setting expectations? I mean, what, how are, how are you seeing or what tips would you provide around setting expectations with prospects and clients in today's environment? Well, I think with the agent's expectations, you know, we kind of mentioned that you just really, if, if the market's slowing a bit, you've got to pick up the dials and you've got to pick up the, the activity. And I think uh, over the years, I've built my business more in down markets as a broker um, than any other market. And maybe it's because we picked up the speed or maybe it's because, you know, the clients need us more. And when they look really close at what a broker does, if you do great work, you're willing to pick up more business. You know, on the seller side, it's just letting the sellers, um, you know, decide if it's the right time to move a, move a property, it's the right time to move it. You know, the market's going to dictate 
what a property is worth, given great marketing and proper presentation and timing, you know, the market will 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 decide how much a property is going to be worth and sell for, right? So, you know, we we try to help the sellers understand that. And then it's still, you know, interest rates are still, you know, historically extremely low. And so, yeah, you know, I know some of our, our younger brokers are like, whoa, six percent rates? How are we going to deal with this? And I'm like, you know what? I once had a triplex with a 17% interest rate. Okay. Uh, and I made money on it when I was a young man. Um, so, uh, you know, we can still do a lot of business regardless of, of rates. And, you know, if there is a slight pause as rates move faster, uh, you know, there could be some opportunities with potentially less, less buyers competing. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of investors too that, that are contrarian investors that, you know, that buy when the market is not as hot. Uh, you know, I've had some of my older clients almost uh, chuckle at me when I call them in a great market and I'm presenting them a, a four or five cap deal and they, they chuckle my call. It's so cute. Thanks for calling me. I appreciate you staying in touch, but you know, we don't buy in great times like this. Call us when the market's a little tougher. I know. I just thought I'd touch base with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 and that's, uh, was it the last, I'd say the last three years, most of the calls that I would receive or conversations that I'd be a part of is, hey, do you have any value add opportunities? Everything was all value add. You know, I'm looking for a seven cap and value add, seven cap and value add. And of course, everything in our area was in that five and six cap. Um, and you got to really find and create that value. Now we're starting to get into those times where there's going to be those value add opportunities. And those are the ones that would be buying. Um, you mentioned something in your, in your uh, response there that just got me thinking too younger individuals looking to get into this profession you know how 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 are you finding um talent and i i mean obviously i'm sure people are coming to you just because of reputation um but are you finding that younger professionals are looking to get into this career or i mean i know on your your site and through some of your training you've got some really good training uh around getting people into the profession and looking into the profession and things like that but i'd be curious to hear how your team is looking to add team members and how they're doing that. Yeah. I mean, we're looking to add uh, uh, brokers at our shop. Uh, we do a lot of business in the Southeast U S and our headquarters in Atlanta. And um, you know, the things that we do is try to provide really great service, run the business the way you'd run it, want it run if you were an agent. And cause if it's working for the agent and it's working for clients and it's working for the brokerage shop, so we're just trying all the time, every month, every quarter. We've been in business 25 years, uh, January 1st. That'll be our 25th year anniversary. And we always try to add you know, the technology, the resources, the support, the systems, upgrade the offer memorandums and presentations and all the systems and technology. So, so it's just improving all the time. And it's always the best place for someone to be. And, and one of those aspects is really good training, as you mentioned. So we develop training in-house that uh, um, that we found that just wasn't out there on business development and, and negotiating transactions and, and and building your practice and building building your business. Um, so we've created that. And, and as you mentioned, we, we offer some of that uh, through commercialagentsuccess.com uh, where people license videos. Uh, and then we also have programs in-house that are only available here. So we try to keep uh, a lot of training, ongoing training uh, for 
development in your career or your team, no matter how long you've been in the business. And we do have some brokers that have been in business 20 years. They'll still come to our weekly training meetings uh, because they see the value in it. And that's for young brokers or experienced brokers. I think just staying in tune uh, with great training uh, is uh, paramount to help our clients uh, and just provide better service and have more fun and, and valuable career. Yeah, I mean, a coaching and mentorship program in this industry is 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 so key, um, so that you can you can help somebody get started. I mean, it's 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 one of those industries when when we're only living off of what we do, versus you know something that's coming in and you're getting you know uh, a really good salary and then you're kind of growing into it. Uh, this is something you got to actually put a lot of energy and effort into. So it's not it's not for the uh, for, for the individuals who's looking for a career to coast in. That is for sure. I agree. Um, and, and you mentioned the website and I, I, and I encourage individuals to go check them out because there are, there are sample uh, videos on there to kind of see each one, but there's a, I mean, there's, there's a, a plethora of options in there of all kinds of things from, you know, learning about the brokerage business to, you know, how, how to do calls, how to do better sales calls, how to, I mean, there's all kinds of things in there that uh, I think were really, really helpful. Um, when you think about building your team, you know, as a whole, is there any type of, um, characteristics or character traits you're looking for in those individuals that, that you talk to? Well, I think some of the best brokers are, um, have been in an industry before where they're, uh, only can eat what they kill, right? They've been in commission only sales or a, a business where there was a, just a lot of sales training. So I think find that if folks have sales training, sales experience, then they'll fare much better in our industry uh, because we provide really good training and, and, and really good ways to, to run your practice. But um, as far as learning sales uh, and negotiation, you know, you, you, if you have that base, then it's much easier for you to perform and, and be competitive in such a competitive environment as commercial brokerage. So uh, we like to have salespeople that had B2B sales experience and done well with it. Maybe they've hit their limit of their income or the company keeps changing their numbers or their territory or what have you, and they want more of an unlimited income potential. And they're just used to, to that business because I think if you focus on a specialty, if you focus on a geographic area, a specialty, a service, you can, uh, any smart person can learn that fairly quickly. Obviously, experience is, 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 is fantastic. You can learn it pretty quick, but, but you need to have those sales and negotiation skills. And that's where we found that a lot of the training was missing in commercial brokerage and why we created commercialagentsuccess.com. Is, so we just didn't see it out there. So we had to create it for ourselves. And then as we developed it year after year and just made it better and better and perfect and perfect, we said, well, you know, one day someone's going to, to take bull realty and take that, that out, of, out of my life. They're going to buy it and use it to franchise or do something. And, uh, and then I won't have a, a real estate company run anymore. And then I'd sell training. And, uh, and then I realized, wait, uh, this isn't happening. I like owning bull realty. Uh, I don't want to be uh, on stage selling when I'm wearing when I'm at a cane and a walker. And you got to sell real estate. <laughs> so I went ahead, developed the training, and got it out there. So uh, I really appreciate it when people you know license it and they come back to me and go, "Oh, Michael, wow, I just got a ten million dollar listing. I just closed an eight million dollar deal. 
And I use a lot of the strategies in your training and thank you. It feels good. Yeah, no. And you went through the mental exercise of what would life look like just doing training without doing deals. And I think, you know, we're all wired in this industry. And I know a lot of people, you know, they have the same mindset. We like to do some education, but I could not imagine not putting together a brokerage deal or doing an asset management or doing another syndication. I mean, it's just in me. I mean, that's just, that's, that's who I am. It's a fun um, business. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. And it, and I think that's what I try to instill. I mean, I started out in public accounting. I was in accounting before I even got into real estate. So, you know, it, it's just, I saw most of my clients were creating their wealth through owning real estate. And I was working my butt off making, you know, $70,000 a year being a tax accountant. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong side of the transaction here. I got to get over and do some of this other stuff. Um, good. And that's yeah. what got me going. Do the fun side. <laughs> well, the, the last question I've got for you has to do kind of, opportunistically thinking into the future, you know, are there, are there any asset classes or, or services um, that you see are great opportunities, you know, whether for an individual or for a brokerage firm to, to look, to go into um, as we kind of go into this next phase of, of the cycle in the, uh, the real estate world? Yeah, I think on the brokerage side, there's a lot of opportunities in almost every service and specialty and area of the country. I think one of the things I see um, that, kind of jumps out to me, I guess, as a broker uh, service is landlord leasing, uh, especially in the office world. You know, uh, our tenant reps will come back and say, man, these these brokers and owners who are handling their own properties or, or doing the landlord side are just seem to be lazy. And 80% of them are doing terrible jobs. You know, they have a, a, a property where they're trying to get value out of the existing floor plan and they don't have the floor plan. <laughs> they, they don't get back to you very quickly. So their property ends up not even getting on a tenant's list. So I think there's a lot of potential business in the uh, office leasing for landlords, somebody that can actually do a very proactive, good sales uh, uh, and marketing for landlords. And then on the, on the investor side, uh, you know, I think, you know, we mentioned uh, contrarian investing, investing in the, in the, when cycles aren't as strong. And I think if you look at the sector that's most in question right now, it's office. And so I think there's going to be some real good opportunities uh, to for users, uh, for companies to uh, get better deals, better space for their for their employees and for their company, get better deals on their lease space, maybe even acquire some uh, buildings and space uh, uh, as an acquisition. Uh, to later do a sale leaseback or to just reduce and control their oxygen costs. And I think on the investor side, uh, we're going to have this window here where many people think they don't need office or need less of it. And I think what's going to happen when the employment market changes and there's some equilibrium back in the employer-employee relationships and, and employees can say, oh, you're going to make me work at, uh, at the office? No, I like being in my PJs. Uh, working in, in my bed half a day. No, I'll just get a job somewhere else. And when that that market changes a little bit, there'll be more people back in the office. Also, some of these companies are going to see that uh, the work from home, work from anywhere, caused other issues with cybersecurity, uh, with trade secrets, with onboarding, recruiting, or training, um, with culture, and with productivity on the top line and bottom line numbers. And so, it might be a year, it might be three years, but at some point their office demand is going to really pick back up. And so I think there's going to be a window here for companies and investors to get in some great office deals. Yeah. Are, are you starting to see um, some of those initiatives now where companies are saying, hey, we're going to, as of the first of the year, as of the first of September, we're going to, we want to see back in the office. 
Yeah, we're seeing more and more of it. You know, you heard Elon Musk tell you know, his employees at Tesla, you know, get in the office or get gone. Um, yeah. And I think you're going to see more of that as, as these companies realize it's hurting their employees, it's hurting employees' careers, it's hurting them psychologically, not having this place to go and, and that feeling of belonging. Um, and, it's, and it's hurting top line and bottom line numbers. I know the companies that we deal with from law firms to accounting firms to everybody in between. It's like, you know, it, it, when they're trying to work from home, it just slows down things. It's less efficient. Um, and given the choice, I'm going to work with companies. They were all in the office and they can say, yeah, I can get I can find that out right now. Here's your answer. Boom. And it's not set up a Zoom meeting for two days from now. Um, so I think there's a, a there is a window of um, investment opportunities for, for users and investors. And I think more and more companies will start to realize the advantages of having their people together. Fantastic. And it's a lot. Office space is a lot cheaper than employee turnover. Yeah, agreed. And it's gonna, it's going to be interesting because seven years from now we're going to be looking back and talking about you know I should have bought some more office back in 2022 <laughs> and 2023. Are there some opportunities or or they're going to say look at that guy that guy killed it on that deal and it's like I yeah but he's buying when nobody else is wanting to buy right I yeah, mean that's, I think like it, you said it could be similar to what we saw in the housing uh, bust you know in 09 and then housing values dropped and then they went and they just climbed and climbed and climbed. And and I I think you're right. We could see something very similar to that in the office world. Yeah. I had a a podcast not too long ago with a a prominent developer here. who does a lot of office repositioning of office. And his tip was find things that are a block or two away from up zoned areas that didn't get up zoned and buy those offices. He goes, because those are the ones that as it grows and everything starts to get redeveloped, those smaller offices that are in that area that got upzoned, they're going to need a place to go. And if they're only going a couple blocks away to a nice repositioned office building, you're going to pick up those clients. Yeah. I was like, huh, that's an interesting model to, to, to consider and look at. Um, and like I said, I primarily do retail. Um, and then our firm here at NAI, you know, we do a lot of industrial, um, but we have, we have some office and I'm just taking an owner user office to market right now. It's just, three CPAs that want to sell their, their practice and sell the building. So um, it, I, I see it from those conversations where owner users are saying, you know what, I need to get an office. So uh, that's great. That's great information. Um, well, Michael, I know I don't want to take up all your time on this, but um, uh, I want to give you a chance to kind of put your, your parting shots in there, party uh, wisdoms, the 35 years of wisdom in your head, Put them out there in a few sentences saying, if you're a new broker coming into this industry or if you're a seasoned broker coming into this industry, what would you tell them? I think consistency, consistent prospecting, uh, consistent contact uh, with your best clients that you can really add value for, uh, consistent training for you and your team and your team members, um, and just to be upbeat, upbeat and take care of uh, clients and treat everyone in a transaction the way you want to be treated if you were that person in the transaction. Always keeping in mind who your client is, obviously, but treat everyone right, communicate properly, um, and you'll just build your business and you build your career. Don't chase commissions. Add value to all the people you're around uh, and your business will grow. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, I want to thank you again. And uh, if anybody wanted to reach out to you and your firm, what's the best place for them to find you? You know, probably the easiest way is to just go to uh, one of our websites and our con- my contact information. It's one of those, a lot of these websites hide their, their contact information, right? Uh, bullrealty.com is my brokerage shop. 
CREshow.com is my show. And then our commercial agent training is commercialagentsuccess.com. And my email and phone numbers are on all three of those uh, websites. Okay. Well, again, thanks, Michael. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening in on this podcast. And as always, if you have any questions for me and you want to reach out to me, you can just reach me at Derek at docmail.com. And other than that, hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, Michael, thanks again. And uh, hopefully it's not too hot in Atlanta this summer for you. Thank you, Derek. It's a great summer. (laughs) Have a great day. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you should have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at docmail.com. Again, thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you.